and welcome to The Swear Jar, the official podcast of the Academy of Business Communications, where we tell it like it is about corporate and employee communications and use occasionally colorful language to raise money for worthy causes. My name is Elizabeth Williams. And I'm Andrew Brown. And today we're talking about employer reviews. In other words, you know, those online reviews that your employees, former employees, and candidates or prospective employees leave on sites like Indeed, Glassdoor, Google, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And let's not forget about Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, and a bunch of other sites, including, did you know, coming soon, LinkedIn is going to be offering a place where people can leave reviews about their um, (laughs) employers. So, so fun. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And it's not unusual for companies to really obsess about their ratings on apps like Yelp or on Amazon. But it's strange how very few of them actually pay enough attention to what's informing the perception of what we like to emphasize is an employer brand, what it's like to actually work at the company. And you know, those reviews, even the terrible ones are a gift if we use them properly. So despite that, I understand that less or rather fewer than four in 10 companies actually bother to respond to reviews. It's true. And I, we, we tell a story when we do the workshop on reviews about a, a, a marketer we know who, who was found to be banging her head literally on her desk going, reviews are a fucking gift. Reviews are a fucking gift because she was going through some Yelp and Amazon and Google reviews uh, about her, her products and, and was reminding herself that, that these people were taking the time to give feedback and she had to respond. And, but only four in 10 companies, as you said, bother responding to reviews that past, present, or potential employees leave about them. And that's too bad because 75% of candidates read at least four reviews before they decide whether to apply and 80% base their decision to apply on the quality of those reviews. And so I argue that anytime we can get a handle on what's going on with our employer brand, it's got to be useful, right? So mm. product reviews help the marketing department understand buyer behavior and buyer preferences and, and the experience of being a customer. And employer reviews help our HR people and our managers understand kind of important stuff like why they do or don't get top talent, why retention rates are what they are, what are the lived experiences of candidates and employees. I have one client I'm working with right now and they're fantastic, really committed to diversity and inclusion. But if you if you go on Google and you look them up, there's actually three quite recent reviews about racist treatments in one of their facilities. Uh. Right. And it's completely kicking the stool out from under all the wonderful work they're doing. They're putting stuff up on Facebook about what a great diverse place it is to work. They're investing in diversity and inclusion training. But all you have to do is go on and you see all these people talking about these racist supervisors in in one of their facilities and they haven't responded. And so their side of the story, if there is one, isn't getting told. And so they're seen to be ignoring this. Right. And the other thing that I think we're not seeing if we're not looking at these employer reviews is we're not also understanding what our competitive advantages are, right? So sometimes they're awful, but sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're talking about things you didn't even know were going on that are good, that people do value. And and I think that the reason that they're a 
feedbacking gift is because people are using their own time to give us feedback, right? Like you don't just sort of go, hmm, I think I'll just, you know, write a review for no reason at all. Like they're, you're, they're sitting down and they're, they're giving us the gift of a few minutes, even if it's awful, you know, so anytime someone takes their own time to give us feedback, that is inherently a gift. It may not be one we love opening, but it's a gift. Yeah, you know, and we always talk with our clients about rolling out uh, effective listening strategies and then uh, acting on them. And you talk about people giving us feedback. That's part of it. And, you know, it's a shame because a lot of people and organizations see reviews as a gripe fest, often by disgruntled employees or ex-employees. But that's really short-sighted. It's a mistake to think that this feedback is just coming from the whiny people that you might have fired last quarter. It's true that dissatisfied people are 20% more likely to share their opinions, but the point is that they are indeed taking that time. And if we can look past the bruised egos, what they're really doing is sending us a message that they believe that our products, our services could be better as organizations. And, you know, in some organizations, these reviews are being used to validate what employees are saying on their regular internal surveys. Often they can surface great trends or issues that employees may not themselves disclose while they're employees because they don't trust that that feedback is anonymous. So it's really surprising that many organizations just ignore all these opportunities to really learn about employee and the candidate experience, right? That's, that's a big buzzword these days, right? The candidate experience. Well, here's your window into that. Well, and especially we're coming, I hope, soon out of COVID. So we've got a bunch of employees who've had a very different experience. So whatever you may have thought the employee experience was before, I think 2020 and the first half of 2021, we have to kind of admit that we don't really know what's going on out there. And I think that a lot of the reasons that these employers don't respond or don't even really read these reviews, let's be honest, is because they don't know what to do. And I, I worked for one, I actually brought it to the attention of the HR department because I was doing some research on the brand. And I'm like, holy cow, people are saying that there's this really toxic bully culture in one part of the organization. And I said, like, this is what people are saying about us on Indeed and on Glassdoor and in some other places. And they were like, I know just please don't bother us. Like We don't know what to do with this information. And so I think they worry that if they engage with people and go, you know, oh my goodness, tell me more about the bullying, it'll just get worse. But the truth is that studies show that 62% of candidates actually have an improved opinion if they see that an employer responded to a good or a bad review. So like, why wouldn't you, right? And, and I guess maybe we don't know what to say. We're worried it'll escalate, but it's actually not that hard to respond to a horrible review. So I thought, let's take a minute and talk about what do we do? when somebody just trashes mm. you on one of these things. So I would say the first thing is to acknowledge that someone gave you this gift of feedback, even if it's nasty and gruesome feedback. So we always start with a thank you, right? Thank you, Andrew, for telling me that you had a shitty experience at our company. Because the truth is that if you hadn't said I had a shitty experience at your company, I probably wouldn't know. So, so we do have to acknowledge that it's a gift and we always have to start with a thank you. And even though it's tempting to argue and say, I'm sure, Andrew, you were the only person who had a shitty experience <laughs> in our company, right? Or that, well, it was only shitty on Thursday. We don't want to pick that fight, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not a fight you can ever win and you just look petty and, and kind of stupid. And so the 
you know, once we've said thank you, we also have to acknowledge that they have a beef, whether we consider it legitimate or not, but that we're concerned about it. And so marketing teams, like when, I, when I worked in marketing, I'm sure you too, the rule was always, if you're getting a dissatisfied customer somewhere in the universe saying stuff online, the first thing you want to do is take them offline, right? And the mm-hmm. same is true of any serious allegations in an employer review. So anything about racism or sexism or unethical behaviors or toxic work environments, right? We want to get that out of the public sphere and have a private conversation where we can actually do something about it, right? And one of the things that's interesting, a stat I dug up a while ago was if you actually engage with people leaving negative reviews, 35% of them will actually revise their comments if you engage with them. And they'll come back and say, okay, yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad. Or thank you for listening to me. I actually had a really great experience otherwise. And thank you for helping to solve this. And so the thing that we want to do is always make sure we want we invite that reviewer to connect directly to us to discuss things. Most of them won't, but some of them might even retract or soften their review. And we want to make sure that we're giving them that opportunity. You know, that seems so simple, and yet it's so infrequently done. And I think it's important to think about the fact that we also get good reviews. Our organizations have people coming to their sites and say great things. They say, it was a great culture in your organization. I had a great time working there. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that as well. And, you know, thanks for taking the time to share your feedback. We're proud of our culture. That's uh, an acknowledgement and a reinforcement that's important to say. And, you know, it's worth mentioning that employee reviews or employer reviews rather aren't just looked at by candidates, right? We, we talked about candidates. That's where we started this conversation. But more than 60% of consumers, hey, marketers, look at Google reviews before deciding to purchase. So suppliers, investors, partners are also looking at this stuff. And of course, Google is. So if Google tracks it, it's going to have an impact on what comes up when people search your firm. And if you get a really awesome review. Use that on a career page to encourage applicants or share it on LinkedIn or Instagram. And these are great things to put in front of senior leadership teams to bolster the case for investing in the employer brand and that ongoing employee experience. And I'm glad you mentioned leadership teams, because I think one of the challenges I've certainly had with this stuff and leaders is that they often have a tendency to be all about the numbers. So I worked for for one large employer and there were some not great reviews on, on Google, both about the customer experience, but also about employee experiences. And he got up literally every morning. I'm sure he, he had something better to do than this, but he didn't. He got up every morning and he looked at the Google ranking and it was you know 3.2 or something out of five. And he would turn up in the marketing department and go, why is it still 3.2? <laughs> we were like, well, one, there aren't a lot of you know reviews going on. So all it really takes is one person to say something not great. And you know that's going to go down further. And so he was so obsessed with this number and he wasn't like many looking at the bigger picture and how to fix the problem. And so it became all about 
finding quick hits to try to drive the score up instead of really reading these reviews and saying, okay, people actually don't like this particular product of ours. Like they're having a bad time with it. What if we did something about, you know, customer experience and, you know, some of these employees, and these were actually not ex-employees, these were current employees talking about some stuff that was going on in this organization. And it was like, well, what if we addressed that instead of just trying to go gin up some people who are going to say something nice and give us a five. And I think that the real gift of these reviews for practitioners like us and for leaders is that it surfaces the stuff that we may not see. And we may, you know, things like maybe there's a leader in some part of the organization who's really struggling. And the only way Mm -hmm. you're seeing that is people saying, wow, I work over in sales and it sucks. You know, maybe you've got a a work location where it's the culture's gone a bit toxic. Maybe you've just created all kinds of stupid friction with some new policies or processes. And this is where employees are venting their anger on it. Uh, You know, let's face it, most most companies (laughs) only bother asking their employees how they're doing once a year. So then there's the the other what you know 47 and a half weeks when you don't have a survey in field that that they're still experiencing what it's like to work there you may discover that your wages aren't as competitive or your benefits aren't as competitive as as you thought they were so this is actually just good information to have and it's not necessarily horrific it's just good information you know i would say that so like that ceo who was like why can't we get customers to say nice things we in fact can encourage happy people to say nice things one of the things we recommend is is you know when you've got employees who pass that three month mark or whatever you would consider your onboarding just send them a note say hey congratulations you're over your three months you know if you got a few minutes maybe leave a review on indeed or glassdoor about your your onboarding experience or you got someone hitting five or ten or fifteen years maybe invite them as part of the celebration you know we'd love it if you'd share your experience with the company over the these past years another great place to to get some reviews are what we call amicable parting so people who are retiring or Mm. you know you and i have both been contractors and i have never been asked not once by the companies I've contracted with to just say, hey, would you leave a review? Let people know what it was like to work here for those few months. And as long as we're not coercing, right? Because you get in all kinds of trouble. As long as we're not coercing people in any way to leave good reviews or, or, or not good reviews, you know, it's fine. It's okay to ask people to leave reviews. And as long as you have a system, I think, to manage your reviews, they don't have to be hard and they don't have to be scary. And systems give people comfort. It's not rocket surgery. It's just knowing what to say and having a set of rules about when and how to engage. Exactly. The result is generally when people rather don't have systems, what's the result? Silence or random and inconsistent engagement. And that's really underutilizing what these gifts of feedback can give you. And when we work with organizations, we help organizations design their playbooks for managing reviews. We help them essentially put in systems. And one of those tools we use is one of our handy dandy assessment quadrants. And you can download that from the resources section on our website at academyofbusinesscommunications.com. This quadrant's very simple, but it's a great starting place. And on the vertical axis, we have sentiment that's you know negative to positive. And on the other, we have actionability from low to high. Meaning, is the content of the review something that we can actually take action on? For example, in that lower left quadrant where we have negative sentiment, such as, you know, my boss is an idiot. And it's also low actionable. Well, it may be true the boss is an idiot, 
there's not much we can really do about it. So we would classify those kinds of reviews as venting and we don't really recommend people do much with them. But next door where the sentiment is negative, but the actionability is high, say someone says the manager plays favorites or the culture is terrible, we would call those a risk exposure and would want to prioritize responding to them. Yeah, absolutely. That bottom right corner really is where we probably want to spend the most time because it's Mm -hmm. negative, but we can do something about it, right? And uh, we would also in that lower right corner, we would have stuff that we might flag as sensitive. So anything that would deal with racism or sexism or safety, you know, lack of health and safety or ethics would fall here. This is the stuff we want to make sure that we know exactly how to handle and escalate internally and deal with fast, right? Because you don't want some review sitting out there for three months while you all point fingers at each other and go, I don't know, who do you think should respond? to this allegation of, you know, poor safety conditions. It's we want to really have a a good system for dealing with that stuff that's very, very sensitive. So let's keep going counterclockwise. We're going up to the Mm. top right now. And that's my favorite. And that's what we would call the testimonials, right? So these are these positive sentiments. And there's something that we can use, something we can take action on, right? So we can both respond and we can say thanks. And we can take that review and use it to promote our workplace to our employees and candidates. So that's the stuff where people say, hey, I had an awesome culture or the company really invested in me and I was so proud to work there, or I am very proud to be an employee. I just celebrated five years and I I really love how much opportunity there is. Those are the ones that we we want to take and just run with. And then of course, the final quadrant is that top left. And that's the stuff we call free branding. So those are the sort of watery reviews. So they're not actionable, but they're positive. So it's where people go, you know, fun place, nice people, which are just lovely, but there's not anything we can really do anything with because it doesn't actually mean anything, but that's free branding. So leave those out there and take them for the gift they is. They, they is, they are. So just before we, we leave our assessment tool, that final quadrant is the top left. And that's the stuff that we call free branding. And those are the sort of watery reviews, like it was a fun place or it was real nice people. And they're really lovely sentiments, but they're not really anything that we can act on, but they are free branding. And that is a gift. Now, everyone has a tool with which to organize their reviews. But that is only part of the system, right? We know that in order for organizations to really harness and leverage the insights from these gifts, that a system also means that there's gotta be a process. Someone needs to own this, right? Reviewing these reviews and acting on them has to be part of someone's job. And it should not be the intern or the most junior person you can throw at it. We recommend that organizations check the reviews also at least a couple of weeks. So it's having a process, it's having a person, it's having a frequency. And if they can't do it themselves, let's bring someone in. Let's pay someone to keep an eye on what is being said about your company, on all these platforms, which are expanding, they should also be elevated or at least summarized or mentioned in the organizational dashboard in some fashion, just like revenue and customer loyalty. Why wouldn't you capture that and share that with the executives who want to know what people are saying? And there should be a documented process also to assess and escalate anything in sort of that risk exposure or sensitive area. Elizabeth, anything else on our do's and don'ts list that I haven't covered? 
Yeah, it's so important, right, to make sure you've got a, a process to escalate and, and a process to share it. I would add, don't use cut and paste responses on your reviews. Mm. There's like nothing worse than when you're looking at, at a set of reviews and the response is always this cookie cutter, you know, wow, thanks for sharing thing right below it. It just, it signals that you just don't care. I would say you want to make sure you have some guidelines for how you respond and what you respond to, right? So if you've got somebody you're putting in charge of it, you need to give them, we talk about that playbook. So they know what to do. We want to make sure that we're human in our responses. So you don't want cookie cutter responses, but you also don't want something the legal department gave you, right? You want to sound like, Hey, wow, thanks for sharing. And, and if you give people some, some guidelines around that, that's helpful. And it lets them be human without being, you know, treacly. Or, or awful. We always want to make sure that we're grateful for feedback, even if they're telling us awful things. And then I think your point was a good one. You know, have someone keep an eye on it. You don't ever want to turn your back on this. This is something we certainly see companies do is they're they're all about the reviews for a few months and then things get busy, right? It's year end mm. or it's quarter end. And then they take their eye off it for six months. And then, you know, you come back and now you've got six months of stuff to sift through. The big thing is to keep participating in the conversation, right? It's, it's about your employer, Brendan. If you're not participating in it, then you're allowing everyone else to own that conversation. And that's a really hard thing to undo if you let it go for too long. Yeah. And if you speak to your colleagues in marketing, they know that it's so important to stay ahead of that conversation because the employer brand is defined by your employees, past, present, and future. Sorry, I just want to pull on that thread a bit about the marketing thing is, is if you don't know how to keep an eye on this, right? Your marketing team, especially if you're a large organization, is probably working with third parties who are watching all the different social platforms, right? For conversations and reviews. So talk to them about what kind of resources they're using to, to keep track of that because it's actually not that hard to add in a couple more websites to look at. Yeah, that's fair. And you know what? They'll actually appreciate you coming and having this conversation with them. They might even pay for it. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, let's take a a quick moment to talk about some of the things that we're working on at the Academy of Business Communications. First, if you're interested in learning more about managing reviews and responding well, we offer a 90-minute online workshop with a whole host of helpful tools and examples that help you build on what you've learned from this podcast today. We, of course, also offer custom training for your team and consulting services to help you build your reviews strategy. That is increasingly a thing. We are also bringing back our popular 90-minute workshop about how to measure communications and how to use stories to build trust and alignment. And you can find links to all of this and many of the free resources in the show notes and on our website at academyofbusinesscommunications.com. Let's summarize our very quick look at employer reviews. First of all, we need to make sure we think of them as a fecking gift and not a fecking chore or a fecking punishment. We always want to start with a thank you when we respond, even if it's a nasty review. Um, Speaking of nasty, we also want to make sure that we take those negative conversations offline so we can resolve them privately. It's also important to acknowledge the positive reviews, again, to demonstrate that we're actually listening to everyone, not just the whiny, bitter people. We want to make sure that we're tracking reviews. Whiny, bitter people have their place, right? We want to make sure that we're also tracking these as the really important KPI that they are. And we want to make sure that we make it about more than just the numbers, right? It's it's not about getting it up to the number up to 4.7 out of 5. It's about understanding what the employee experience is and what the health is of our employer brand. And as with any important task, we have to have a clear and documented 
process along with someone whose job it is to be responsible for reviews. And that's that's how we're going to get the consistent and effective management that we really need to, to put at these things. Did I, what did I miss, Andrew? Anything? Uh, frustratingly, no, you didn't miss anything. Once again, <laughs> you have a great <laughs> summary. And I don't have anything else to add. I, I want to emphasize it's the employer brand. And it cannot be passively managed. There have to be those resources. It has to be deliberate. It can get away from you very quickly. And then you're behind the eight ball. And it's really tough to to catch up if there are a whole bunch of negative or positive reviews and you haven't really engaged people. That's just a shame. It's such a loss of an opportunity. Absolutely. Elizabeth, as always, we like to highlight those things that have caught our eyes in the past few days. So if you're reading something, or if you're listening to podcasts, if you're viewing something, is there anything that's caught your attention? Well, yes, I've actually been looking at a bunch of things. So I just finished a wonderful novel. It's called Crow and it's by Amy Spurway, S-P-U-R-W-A-Y. We'll put a link in the show notes. It was a fun novel, not anything to do with communications particularly, although the, the heroine does have a marketing job in Toronto. And then I watched a fantastic movie. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And it stars Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman in his very last screen role. And it's just a wonderful little story about the blues and racism. It's it's just, it's so nicely done. And then more on the business side, I actually just read a small article in Scientific American called Siri is a Biased Listener. It's an interesting look at how these voice technologies that are becoming more and more prevalent are built basically to recognize relatively unaccented North American middle-class speech and not much else. One of the challenges with them, of course, is that people who have accents, um, people who use different idiom, people who, who have a speech impediment or anything like that have a really, really difficult time using these voice-activated and voice-automated technologies. And it was just a really interesting look at what needs to happen to make artificial intelligence a tool that everyone can use. What are you uh-huh. reading and thinking about? Well, you know, I'm fascinated by that serious, a biased listener article, because again, when we talk to clients about listening, there is a natural tendency for all of us to give certain voices a a greater credence than others. And whether that's because of the role they play or their title or how long they've been within the organization or their gender or their background, there are biases and we have to be aware of these in order to make sure that our listening is effective and can help move organizations along. So I'm really fascinated about that topic. I have to confess that over the last few days, I've been glued to Netflix and a fairly recent discovery, a very uh, bizarre, quirky series called London Irish, which is developed by the mind behind the series called The Dairy Girls, which has become very popular. But London Irish is a bit more gritty, but it is laugh out loud funny. I love Lisa McKee. Uh, anything she does is is definitely going to be funny. So I think that's it for us. Thank you everyone for joining. If you like this podcast, do us a favor and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts or better still subscribe. And of course, check out the show notes and resources at academyofbusinesscommunications.com. As always, thanks to Peter Linsman, our intrepid audio editor, and Simon Gladstone, who helps us with our website. And of course, to you, as always, everyone, our fearless communicators, see you next time.
Bye, everyone. Bye.